I went ghost hunting. I was in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. If you ever get to go, it's haunted. Go to Gettysburg. Everything's haunted. All right. I went on a ghost trip. This dude, he's like, yo, dog, you want to go ghost hunting? I was like, sure, white guy with dreads. Let's go ghost hunting. <laughs> we go out and he's pointing out these places, right? And everything's haunted in Gettysburg. Everything. He's like pointing out, I was like, this 7-Eleven is haunted by the ghost of Colonel Sanders. Ooh. <laughs> right. We're going around, and then at the end of the trip, he goes, "Yo, all right, I like you. You want to go? You want to go to the haunted bridge?" I was like, "Yeah, I want to go to the haunted bridge. How's it haunted?" And he says, "100 years ago, Indian lady. She jumped off the bridge. Now she haunts it. <laughs> right? Spooky, spooky." I was like, "I was like, I was like, Dave, how do you know it's haunted?" And he says this. He goes, "Cause sometimes when I'm standing on the bridge, I can feel a cold breeze." <laughs> That's it. That's the whole reasoning. <laughs> this guy is like afraid of cold breezes. What? Air conditioning? You mean ghost conditioning? <laughs> Dave, you want to go to Chicago? The Windy City? You mean that place is haunted, man. I can't go there. Guys, uh, that's it for me. Uh, Matt. Welcome to Laughter for All. It's the podcast with comedian Nazareth. Hello, hello again, and welcome to Laughter for All podcast, uh, coming to you from the studios in Corona, California. I am comedian Nazareth, your host, and what you heard was my guest for today, a veteran, army veteran, Iraq war veteran, and also a comedian, Josh Novi, who I will introduce officially in a few minutes, but we always start, well, happy uh, we don't, do we say happy Veterans Day? Uh, no, we honor you veterans. If you're a veteran, if you served in, uh, in the military, we honor you. And, uh, you know me, I'm very, very patriotic. I love our country. And in, uh, actually in two weeks, I'm going back to, uh, Fort Benning in Georgia to, to do several events for our uh, army at the army post there and uh, one of them is a thanksgiving event for all the soldiers and people there and also i'm doing three different uh, encouraging events for the new up you know coming soldiers 18 years old so i'm gonna encourage him talk about the values of commitment and other stuff so you keep that in prayer also last year and uh, the, the year before and the year before and the year before I always uh, get asked to go to Germany to be in down in Bavaria area with our army and also I did uh, uh, the Ramstein Air Force Base in uh, in Germany as well so I love our military I love what they're doing I have the honor to visit Lanschhoff uh, which is the wounded warrior hospital and uh, I can't forget uh, one more one time when we were going there and someone was saying, like, they're not going to laugh. Why, why would you go and talk to them? I said, well, you know what? I just want to say thank you. So we go in the first room and uh, in the first room, there's this uh, young man, you know, 19 year old uh, with, uh, you know, amputated leg and. I just, it, it just hurts, and I look at him, and it's like, hey, how are you? He goes, fine. I go, hey, my name is Nazareth. I was doing comedy for, at the base uh, there, uh, but uh, what are you, what what happened to you? Where are you from? He goes, I'm from Chicago. I go, what happened to you? He goes, uh, uh, I stepped on an IED in Afghanistan, and I said, oh, I'm sorry. I said, what are you going to do now? He goes, I want to go back and fight with my with my troops, with my group. That's the heart of these guys, it's honorable. Uh, and I go, well, I didn't know what to say as a comedian. I said, well, that's good. Uh, at least you, in Afghanistan, you know who's shooting at you. In Chicago, you never know. It could be the gangs, the cops, or your girlfriend. Uh, so he started laughing hard. That was great. Then I went to the next room, and they go, this guy is from Georgia. So I go, wow, Waffle House, man. I said, one time when I went with two of my friends, which is a true story, I went to the Waffle House in Georgia at two in the morning. And I go, the waiters there handed us three cigarettes because you got a smoke to be in the Waffle House back then. And, and then he didn't laugh. So I go, oh no, I'm, I offended. 
uh, <laughs> you know, I offended someone from Georgia talking bad about the Waffle House. And uh, Chaplin goes, no, he's from Georgia, Russia. I'm like, oh, okay, that's good. But I, I felt honored to be to be able to honor these guys. So we honor, if you're a veteran and you're listening, or even if your spouse is a veteran, thank you because you guys go through a lot. I get involved a lot with military families, and, and you can tell the pressure that is on that family. And, uh, you know, just when, when their loved one is away for nine months to a year, I mean, I go away for three days or a week or a tour, and then I come home and I have to reestablish a lot of things. So really, we're praying for you. And um, what happened last week, I was in uh, I was in Colorado Springs this weekend. Friday night, I did a, a staff and volunteer appreciation event. Uh, it was great. We laughed hard. Saturday morning, I had a meeting with Focus on the Family, but... Uh, the gentleman I was supposed to meet, his son got sick, so I'm a dad, I understand, so we canceled. In the evening, I had dinner with a wonderful, good friend, and on one of the president of my board, Laughter for All, uh, attorney Michael Reger, so we had dinner with him and his wife, nice time. Then Saturday, uh, Sunday morning, yesterday, I taught three services at uh, a large church uh, in Colorado Springs, and many people came to Christ, so praise God for that, and then... I drove to the Denver airport, Luen got home late last night. But uh, my guest today, you heard some of his comedy, you will hear another few minutes of his comedy at the end of this podcast. But uh, the reason I have him, he's a friend of mine, he's a comedian, but also he's a veteran. And we will figure today, you know, it's the, the ideal day to invite an Iraqi war veteran. Josh has used his humor and easygoing stage presence to entertain thousands of people. He's a clean comedian, so every time he goes on stage, you know the whole family will be able to enjoy your mom, will love his charm and find him enduring, and your dad will think he's tough because he was in the army. He has performed across the United States at corporate events, fundraisers, clubs, colleges, churches, and veterans group. His uh, comedy special, Fat Veteran, is now streaming on Amazon Prime, Voodoo, Vimeo, and Roku. So let's welcome to the Laughter for All podcast studio, Josh Novi. Welcome. Hey, Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. All right. <laughs> yes. Uh, so how far did you drive? Where do you live now? I live in Sherman Oaks, which is 60 miles east of here, or in LA traffic uh, yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, I was in Sherman Oaks last week because we did our laughter for all at Bel Air. So we stayed mm-hmm. at Sherman Oaks. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's a nice area if you don't drive. Once- it's a wonderful, you know, it's, it's, uh, that's, LA is a great place if you never want to leave your neighborhood. Now, where were you born, Josh? I, so my dad was a preacher, actually. And so I have, uh, I don't have like a home, home, uh, home, home of record home. Uh, but I was born Parsonage. in Oak- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was born in Oklahoma, and I lived there for two weeks, and then we moved. And then that's been the story of my life for the the whole time. So your dad was kept moving, and then you became military, and now you're moving. And I kept on moving, and then became a comedian, and then, and now you're moving. And then I keep on moving. That's amazing. That's something, um, if, you, if you come from the Middle East or some countries, other countries, like it's, it's like how Americans are okay to live in an area for five, six years and move. Mm-hmm. Because that was unheard of in the Middle East. Like you lived there, your parents lived there, your grandparents, your great grandparents. Yeah. So to move, but but now I think with with the ease of traveling and the ease of moving, it makes it good. So when did you well, move to California? Well, I'll get. So I'll give you a quick thing. Like a lot, some people say they moved around a lot. I live in Sherman Oaks. This is my fifty sixth house house I've lived in. You don't pay rent, do you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if you pay your rent on time, you wouldn't have 56. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's when I talk, when I meet people, especially from anywhere, they said, oh, this is I, this is my childhood house, and my parents still live there. I said, what, how, how is that possible? What, what's wrong with you? So you you went to school where? What's, what, what state were you? Um, multiple states. Uh mm-hmm. So I, I've lived like for like primary school or, or high school. High or, school. Oh, high school. I lived in Arizona. In Arizona. Yeah. Where Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. Mesa. And then you decided to join the army. I did. I moved. Why? Um, because I had moved to Iowa, and if you've been to Iowa, you want to get out. <laughs> so- <laughs> 
<laughs> That's it. That was all. No, uh, we were hitting. It was uh, 2005, and so it was kind of at the the height of uh, of uh, of the patriotic movement. You know, a, a little over a decade. You know, 15 years ago, and you know, I was the, the prime age. And I, I, I would always wanted to join the military, or the police, or something like that. And, right. uh, and it, was, it was a really good opportunity for me. And I went and I took a test. And then a week later, I was on a bus. So why did you choose the Army, not the Navy, not the Air Force? Why? Oh, because I'm, I'm a dumb. No, 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 no. So I, I, so, um, Kind of going back in my family lineage, my mom's dad, he was a World War II veteran, uh-huh. and uh, it's a long story, very, very compressed story about his his life. Uh-huh. Um, he went over to to, uh, to World War II when he was 19, 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. He was in, a, sh- uh, in a, uh, a tank, and I got hit by a German shell, and he was the only survivor, but they didn't think he survived. So they pulled him out of the tank, and they put him on a pile of dead bodies. Oh. And so he was laying there, and then a medic walked by, and they he saw him, and he, he said, "Oh, this guy's well, he's still a kind German of, medic." No, no, uh, American medic. Oh, after but, their yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, after the Germans left, yeah, yeah. So they he said, "Oh, I think this guy might be uh, might be alive a little bit," and so they picked him up, and they're like, "Oh, well," they put they put him in the the waiting to die pile, and and then. Uh, um, so he was blown up. I mean, he, he was super messed up all over the place. Um, he, they, they, they thought he, well, one, they thought he was dead and then, and he, then he wasn't. And then they thought he was about to die. So they didn't really give him anything. They just kind of gave him morphine and let him uh-huh. go. And then, uh, then he kept on surviving and then he wasn't supposed to, he wasn't supposed to walk. He wasn't supposed to talk. Um, and for a long time he made his living in Iowa as a door to door salesman. Praise God. Yeah. Was he a believer? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Very strong. Very so strong God believer. decided he's not going to die. Yeah, he said, not this oh, wow. one. And he was in the army? Yep, he was in the army. He okay. Was a, yeah, he was a, a tanker. And um, after the war, he came back to America, and he was in the hospital for two or three years, you know, straight. And and then he chose Iowa. Well, he's from Iowa. So, oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, because I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> no, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna stay alive, so <laughs> might as well go to Iowa. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 nobody throws a dart at the United States and hits Iowa and goes, well, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. <laughs> safe there. Nobody wants Iowa. No, if you're from Iowa, we love you. I've done a lot of shows in Iowa. I have fans there, so yeah. I'm not, I'm not knocking it off. My whole family's from Iowa. Okay. I love everybody. From Where in Iowa? Iowa uh, they're all, so they're they're all from. Just outside the Des Moines area. Des Moines, yeah. yeah. Now, so you joined the army. You were eighteen. What, uh, at twenty-two. Twenty-two. And yeah. what did? What's the first thing they did with you after? Uh, what do you call it? Training ba- camp? basic training. Basic, basic training. Camp, yeah. So I went in as a medic. That's why, because that's so I went in as a medic because I I saw the importance of. I was like, oh, if it wasn't for a medic that cared. Yeah. Then, you know. Well, he didn't care. He threw him and left him. Well, and no, him but everybody else oh, no, did. But yeah, then yeah. The one guy, the one guy did. Yeah. Okay. So you went as a medic. Mm-hmm. Now, did you have any background? Or they trained you to be. They trained. They trained. They did all the training. Oh, interesting. So um, I had I I scored pretty high on my ASVAB, which is like the the military version of a SAT. Okay. Um, and so I, so I scored really good, and they they said you can have any job you want, and I said medic, and they said well. Okay. <laughs> now, as a medic, you, do you carry a weapon? Do mm-hmm. you fight? Yep. You do. Yeah, you still carry you still carry a weapon and you do everything else everybody else does, but you just uh, are there to to be like a, a, a you know, So you have the first uh, kit, like first uh, mm-hmm. emergency. So, uh depending on so I I when I was in Iraq, I got to do no, <laughs> you you did what when you were? sorry? I was when I was in Iraq. I I got to do a lot of different things. So I got to do. Um, I, I worked anywhere from like I did like a worked at a clinic, um, and then I worked uh, like I we I worked, I worked at a hospital. There's like in in Baghdad. There's a there was a real hospital called Ibn Sina. Yeah, Ibn and, Sina. Yeah, and so if you so if anybody's listening, if you ever watched the documentary, it's on uh, HBO now. It's called Baghdad ER. Um, I was at that hospital just after they filmed that. So. Yeah, Ibn Sina, we learned that in school when we grew up in Kuwait. We're so proud that he's the father of medicine. Yeah. he's. I think he's Turkish or Iraqi from he's, Iraq. He was, he was Iraqi. Yeah. Um, and he, because uh, this, this is my, because I like learning things. Uh-huh. Um, apparently he was, he was one of the, one of the smartest people uh, in history. He was, uh, a, he was like the father of, 
of modern medicine that people don't really realize, but also he was a, a very uh, well-known poet and writer and storyteller. Yes. And uh, um, he's, he was, how do you say, um, on a Christian radio station, uh, he was the Casanova of his time. Oh, really? Yeah. So now if you're taking any pills right now, it's an Iraqi guy who invented yeah, yeah. that for you. <laughs> I hope you feel better. <laughs> Literally. Uh, but so uh, so right away, they took, they sent you to Iraq. So you joined in, you got, you, became, um, you trained not, the other Not right medic. away. So I, got, so I did basic training. Then you, then we went down to, uh, I was in Texas. And we trained for another five. At, uh, what's the name of it? Uh, Fort, Fort Sam Houston. Oh, oh, Sam Houston. Yeah. I thought there was the other one in Dallas, the big one. There's there's Fort another Hood. Fort Hood. I was stationed at Fort Hood. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they so there's different there's training there's training posts and, and and yeah. Um, so you they took okay so you from there you went to Iraq. Yeah. How's your family felt when you left? You were single, of course. Yeah, but single, your mom, yeah, yeah. your mom around and dad. Yeah, yeah. They were all around and they that you know that I assume they were proud. So okay, they weren't very scared. It was in the middle. Was there a war going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very, yeah. very much in the. I went at the height of the Iraq War. Okay, and you were in the, any dangerous situations? You oh, were. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Give me one. I don't want to. Well, I don't. I don't. Just I don't like to talk about too many of them. Cause, oh, I see. Because uh, people. So here's 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 the problem. Is that because I have because I'm a medic. So I have medic stories, and people say, "I want to hear a story." And then I oh, tell story. you're a medic. And oh, then, you have to. And then it it makes people sad. So right. Oh no. Let's not go to. I have um, most of my fans are females, and it's yeah, yeah, we don't worry harsh. about that. So. But the guy is going, hey, <laughs> hey, call us later. We'll tell you some stories. But you know, uh, I'll, I'll tell you because all right, I'll tell you, I wasn't my, even though my dad was a preacher, I wasn't very religious uh-huh. until, and then it was in Iraq that I had first had my first aha moment. Um, and I'm not sure how how people were going to take this, but I was. We had two. I had two patients from the same conflict, right from. The, the forces, U.S. forces, went into an apartment, and a guy had an AK-47, and he shot at them. And one of the, the one of the guys, one of the U.S. forces, had a bullet that went through his act. It's called his axillary your armpit, and went in and bounced around and came out and wasn't good for him. But the other guy, he got shot eight times in his torso, uh-huh. and it missed every major organ and artery. And I and I sat there and I was like. Man, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason for that. That the the one guy, one you know, bullet, and... one bullet, and then the other guy he had eight, and and the, he was he had eight, and he was complaining about pet. Uh, He's like, Ugh, my leg hurts. You know the reason I'm asking this. I want people to appreciate what you guys do because I feel, I feel just from being a patriotic patriotic comedian and always talking about what a great nation. By hearing the amount of applause, it started to go down and down and down. And you you, you get that sense of people not appreciating our nation. Mm-hmm. Even though I was like, come on, really? Really? Yesterday, like, I mean, Colorado Springs, Colorado, they love our country. You know, yeah. they were applauding and, and screaming. And I go, you know what? Uh, there's a reason why everybody around the world wants to come here. Yeah. There's a reason for it. There's something special. And I truly believe the lo- all these America haters who live here and they're just complaining about how terrible things are never lived overseas. Yeah, no, they no. haven't they, well, they haven't even been over there. Or they go to somewhere and they just see, you know, Paris or yeah. you know, even you know, yeah. they they don't go like I uh, I was in um it was uh, Sadr City which is like imagine the Compton of Baghdad. <laughs> what is it called? Southern City? Sadr City. Sadr. Oh, Sadr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. City. Yeah, and that's so, a Shiite area. Yeah, it's Shiite, but yeah. it's also like, a, it's the big, one of the biggest slums in the world. Yeah. And so you go in there and then, I don't, I'm not sure they can't, I'm not sure if they can see, but imagine a place half the size with a family of 10 living in it. And they just put up whatever they could to make a house. And then, yeah. then that's it. And, and you go and you, you say, well, that's, that is all they can do at the moment. There's no matter how hard they work, no matter how hard they try, that's, that's all they get. Right. Yeah. This is, yeah. Uh, people think like, oh, anywhere in the world, you just work hard and make more money and you become successful and you have opportunities and you have health care mm. and you have, no, that's not reality around the world. And, and, and just the freedom we have, which is now, as comedians, we're really not appreciating that there's a there's a group, there's a minority in this country that want to shut everyone up. 
just if you don't agree with them, they they don't want to just say, oh, we don't, you don't agree with us. They want to destroy you because of that. And I I pray, and I was just thinking the other day, I said it's like you know America right now. It's like a group of adults sitting at the at the terminal waiting to get on a flight. And there's a small group of three or four-year-olds that are running around destroying things. Mm-hmm. And we're all sitting going, you know what? Someone should stop these kids from doing You know, they're really, I know they're silly. I know they don't know what they're doing. I know they're ruining things. But uh, I don't want to get up and say something. I don't want to do something because, you know, that's not right to, if I'm not mm-hmm. their parent. Where is their parent? Someone should stop him. But then you're going to get to a point where these kids are going to start destroying and then... You know, the the silent majority are going to get, I'm like, shut up. We've had enough. Yeah. I hope that's going to be the case. I hope, so. I hope so. And I, you know, I mean, I, I mean, we're obviously, we're both Christian and we, I, we, I, I'm a big believer in that I don't want to do anything that offends people. But also at some point in time, you say, well, there's not, I, somebody's going to be offended no matter what I say. Right. Uh, or just because I am who I am. Um, and I can't do anything about that. Because when you exhale, you're going to offend the environment yeah. because that's CO2 and it's not good for our environment. So continuing with the story in Iraq, you were a parent. So you probably saved some people's lives. I did, yeah. Oh, God bless you. Yeah. Okay. And uh, anything funny? Happen- you're a comedian, yeah. right? Of course, well, you thought like a comedian <laughs> while you were there. I did. So actually, so uh, I won't, I don't, I'm not, I won't tell any stories okay. uh, because they're, I'll tell them off air because they're. Um, sad, uh, but but they're still funny. They're funny, sad, funny, but sad. we're not going to tell them on, on air. Um, but that's how. So that's how I got my start as a, in comedy. Is when we had really really bad days, I would stand and we just had guys would just sit around and I would goof off and I would tell jokes and and I would do things and and that's how I got my start doing comedy. Is I and I realized that I had a gift for for one making. I knew I could make people laugh. You know, but I knew that before. Uh-huh. But then I knew that I had a gift for taking somebody's worst day and just making it just a little just a little better and just making making them realize like all right you can you can make it through the next hour you can make it through the next day and what do you talk about when you okay let's say you're in in Iraq right mm-hmm. you're in the tent or in the hospital or where are you um in multiple places so i i saw like i guess i got to do i was working in like a clinic and I got to work in the hospital, and then after that, I, in Solder City, I set up a, it's called a casualty collection point. So they did an offensive against a militia that was there and doing a lot of harm to the civilian population. So we went after them, and I set up like a, a small uh, clinic where we would bring casualties from both uh, civilian and military okay. to, to work on them to get them to the next uh, echelon of care. Okay. Um, Interesting. Now, you know, does it? You know, when's the first time you saw a, a you know a someone that shot and killed? When's the first time? Was it the first the one? Yeah, it was the the first time I saw somebody. Sh- yeah, shot and killed was the military. Did it? Did it do anything? You know, some people with the PTSD. You know, does that mm-hmm. th- did that affect you personally? Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the number because there's, you know, I I feel like I did I did a good I did my fair share in Iraq, right? I know there's people that did a lot more than I did and I know there's a lot of a lot of people that did less than I did. Um and somebody did the math of all the things that happened to me because it's all it's all on record. Mm. Um and it doesn't look good. As far as like how many you know, so like how many people have you seen killed uh versus how many people, you know. Do you do you have dreams about it? Do I I do in and is it? Can I go into the the this little, yes. little Jesus part? Is that, is of that okay? Of course. Okay. Of course. All right. Um. So I so I still wasn't very religious. In fact, in fact, when I, when I was in the army, I I started going to synagogue because I feel like I feel like God was just um, softening my heart, you know. And so I think he he said, "All right, just so I, I went. I started going to synagogue because I would go there every Friday, um, and." At the, we did we do service and then after service we'd go I could hang out with the rabbi and we uh, drink vodka all night long. So <laughs> <laughs> with the rabbi, with the rabbi, you know. Okay. Uh, and he, I said, all right, I like this guy. So, <laughs> so I think I think I was kind of you know just kind of you know, brushing off the dust and then um, uh, after I got out and I, if, if you talk to me now, I'm very I'm a very different person from what I was ten years ago. What happened? What made you different? 
Um, just you know, everything you see, everything you do, uh, you know, constant, you know, you you know, I've been too close to a few explosions, you know, that you know, I don't, I don't have great hearing anymore from explosions, and I you know have a little I have a scar from some shrapnel and stuff, and um, and um, but so I, you know, but the, the, the one of the the worst parts is when you're in the military is every, especially like when you're coming back from war. Everyone around you is the same way. And so everybody has the same issues and it's normalized. And it's not until you get out mm. that you realize that that the things that you do are not normal in, fa- in like how you avoid certain situations or that you're, you know, you're scared of fireworks or if a loud noise happens, you get down and you're, you're ready to fight or you're mm. always on edge. Mm. Um, and you, know, you just don't realize because because you're. There's a hundred guys around you with the same thing. <laughs> you go, oh, this is normal. So this, this is how we all act. It's not until you get out and you realize that um, that it's that's not how God wants us to live. He, he wants us to be free and be happy and to, to be prosperous. Not 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 necessarily financially, saying. but yeah. like but just in our lives. Um, and so I got out and I, I had a lot of pro- I had a lot of problems. Right, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of. Not so much anger issues because I'm not. I've never been a really very angry person, but I had a lot of, you know, issues with PTSD, sleeping, um, nightmares, and stuff. And um, I remember it was, it was September of 2010 mm-hmm. was when I got saved, like how, how real did real that deal happen? saved. What happened? Um, so that was September. Uh, my best friend from the army who I deployed with, his name's Aaron. Uh, we, he's my best buddy. I I was living in Iowa. I moved from out of, after the army. I moved back to Iowa. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'll just move back to Iowa. And it was <laughs> the worst snow in 40 years that winter, right? Uh-huh. So <laughs> I said, I went from being, I went from spending the last four and a half something years of being in all deserts. 140 degrees. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Between Texas and Iraq. And then I went there, and it was just like, I, and, and no joke, my driveway had a 15 foot wall of snow Ouch. that winter. And so, as soon as the snow melted enough, which was around April, I packed everything up and I moved to Florida. <laughs> By yourself? By myself. I just packed it up. Moved, my buddy Aaron lived there in, in Gainesville, um, Florida. In Florida. And he said, hey, come on down. It's, there's no snow here. So I did, uh, and him and his wife, uh, they invited me to a party. They said, "Hey, come! We have we have some people. Uh, Want to come over? We're gonna play board games." Uh-huh. And I played, you know, Bananagrams with a bunch of weirdo Christians. <laughs> Bananagrams. Like, never... It's like Scrabble, but without the without the board. You know, in the party, you hear about grams. You don't yeah, yeah, think yeah. Bananagrams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, so hey, can you give me a bag of banana grams? Yeah, how many grams do you need for the party? Uh, banana grams, that is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, and uh, so you played board, boring played, board yeah, games. I played. Actually, actually, I had a lot of fun, which was the opposite of what you think. Because mm-hmm. when you think when I when I thought about Christians, I thought about you know I grew up in a Methodist church, and you know there's no you know, no don't you laugh if you laugh oh you better not mm. clap. No, I remember my dad one time brought up an acoustic guitar. Into church and boy, oh, they hated him. They, they, he got, <laughs> he got all. They raised heck. <laughs> oh, they're heck, yeah. Uh, and so you were at the party. You saw that cool Christians are cool. Yeah. And then what uh, happened? And then they started inviting. They invited me to other things, and I started going to Bible study. And they, you know, I was, I was, because I was curious. I, I knew there was something missing from my life. I didn't know what it was, but I knew there was something. And then, you know, just the idea of like, all right, I, I had nothing else to do. So, all right, every, I think it was every Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, oh, we went to Bible study, you know, we talked about things and it was, um, and then after, you know, and then uh, I, I started doing my own research on, on Christianity because I was like, well, you know, maybe there's something to this. And I read, uh, you know, you know, the Lee Strobel's oh, yeah. The yeah. Case for Christ. He's a friend of mine. Oh, so, yeah. really? Yeah. Well, tell him uh, I said thanks. Okay. I will. Uh, so I read his book. And then what I did, because uh, cause I, I don't, because 
because that's how my my brain does. I don't just believe somebody. I don't take somebody's word for it. So then I went through and I did all the research. And I said, well, if he's is that is that what he says? And so I did. I went and I spent you know five months just researching mm. everything, going through reading uh, the Talmud and doing all you know. And then eventually, I was it was a Wednesday night and I was sitting at the church and. And I've never, I, I know everybody talk, has stories about how God talks to them. God has never before or since talked to me audibly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that one night, that one night, I was sitting there and I was just thinking to myself, you know, you know, well, you know, if, if, if this, then this. Mm-hmm. And then, and I was like, well, I guess maybe, I guess it is. And, uh, but I was still kind of on the edge. And then I, I heard an audible, you know, hey, that's what it's called faith. Just do it. Amen. And then I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, So I, I had my pulling my buddy, uh, Matt, who was the pastor over there, and said, hey, I want to give my life to Christ. And that was a Wednesday in September. And from that night on, the the, the night before the night that I gave my, my life to Christ was the last time I had a nightmare. Praise God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And to this day. To this day. And no vodka with Pastor Matt. <laughs> no vodka, but, you know. <laughs> That's amazing. Praise God. And then, uh, let's see. When did you start becoming a comedian or doing comedy? Um, I actually started around the same time. The, the, around the same time I got, I got saved. I, got, I, I started doing comedy a few months before I got saved. So probably around, I don't know, July or August. Um, and it was, I was going to University of Florida. And... Uh, and I started doing open mics, and I kind of fell. I fell into the, the same thing every open micer does at the very beginning of, right. of how, you know, of material and stuff. Um, but very quickly, I, I I knew that wasn't for me. And especially once I got saved, I knew that that I, God had a, a bigger plan for me. So, Amen, Amen. Well, that's awesome. So you're. Uh, we'll talk about your road to comedy. And when did you join the Christian Comedy Association? Um, two thousand and. Fourteen, I believe it was. Uh-huh. Yeah. 2014, that's the first time you came in. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the reason I'm bringing up the Christian Comedy Association because in the news now everybody hears about uh, comedian John Christ and uh, what happened. And I know Charisma Magazine did a big article uh, on everything that goes on. And you can't believe everything that goes on, but at the same time there's – no smoke without fire, and you heard the testimony. Now, I can't say John Chris is a friend of mine because I know of him. I, I texted him to encourage him to stay with the Lord uh, after what happened to to draw closer, stay close with uh, Jesus. But, uh, you know, uh, you have to, as Christians, especially as comedians, this is this hits home for us. Mm-hmm. Number one, uh, Number one, as a father of two daughters, I was mad at him. You don't do that to girls. I mean, regardless of I know this happened or not, but you gotta take several stories by a grain of thought. But you gotta, you know, uh, you don't do that. But as a Christian and as as a comedian who travels on the road, it's not easy being a comedian uh, traveling. No, it's not. Uh, especially he's single. Mm-hmm. Now I traveled as single. And I traveled as married, as a married person. But there always have to be an accountability people around you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I've had at times where accountability people who would call me at 10, 11 at night after the show in the hotel room and go, what are you watching? What are you doing? Oh, And that's... then I started making it uh, uh, personally. And I'm not saying, oh, I'm doing this because I'm great. But no, when we... 12 years ago, when Shonda Pierce, myself, uh, you know, uh, Robert G. Lee and other comedians, uh, Tim Hawkins and, and John Brennan and some other comedians, we got, we all got together and Darren Sterblow and we met at Shonda Pierce's, uh, uh, funny farm in Nashville. Because, you know, when you, you work clubs, when you work at clubs, you have a couple comics around you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in the green room, but then you go out to, to dinner, but, and you're with other, and then you go stay in the, in the, they have the, what do you call it? The comic condos. The condo. Yeah. And there's other comics with you. Mm-hmm. So there's always people there. When you're a comedian, a Christian comedian, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. 
you're traveling. There's no opening middle, fee, you know, headliner. You're just one act. So you're always traveling by yourself. So we got together, all of us, and Mike Williams and uh, and Chris, uh, Justin Finnell and all that. And we said, okay, why can't we have a fellowship group called the Christian Comedy Association? It's to a group of people. And our goal is, number one, to keep one another accountable to help to pray for one another and we we had communion together and and our ideas like and also to help the younger up-and-coming comics but at the same time to to sharpen our skills and to help one another to get mm-hmm. better and that really helped us a lot because you're on the road and you got a couple other comedians that's mm-hmm. calling and checking on you and you're checking on them and finding yeah. out where they're at. And, and, and I remember, I remember one time, and I'll take the, the, the freedom and liberty to, it's like, you know, we're at CCA and Tim Hawkins came and just poured out his heart crying and just, he said, I need help. I need, I need prayer. I need accountability. I need people to be around. Even, you know, there was nothing, no sin there or whatever. But mm-hmm. I mean, the guy is solid, solid, very funny guy. But that's there. You know, John Chris came in once to the CCA and haven't seen him since. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think he took advantage of what's uh, what's of, available. Uh, and I'm not saying that's the reason or anything happened. But what I'm saying is, if you're a comedian, if you're an artist, a Christian artist out there, and you travel and you're on the road and you're, you know, you need accountability. You need to have people around you, godly men and women that come around you and help you out. Uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, for our, uh, what do you call it, for my Laughter for All events, when we do this event, I always have team members who are, you know, my strong, they're always following up, they're, they're with me. They're with me all the time. Mm-hmm. And then, when you know, when I'm married, I have, uh, well, I am married, so what I have, Oh, oh, so that's, uh, so this is my, uh, I went to my Facebook to see if anybody is asking questions or one thing. But, uh, what happened is I started like when uh, social media started and technology started, I would open my, uh, my computer on, uh, Skype mm. to home. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the and I'm I'm in the hotel room, but my Skype is open to my house, so I can see my kids. Actually, I used to discipline my kids. I'm hey John, listen to your mother. Call it <laughs> like Dad. Where are you? I go. I'm in Germany, but listen to your mother, or I'm in here. <laughs> can you, I can't imagine like how, how like trying to spank them over Skype. Though, it, like, just... It's a, you just push uh, alt spank, <laughs> yeah, yeah. alt spank, alt spank. <laughs> Dad, stop! That hurts. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, this is what we do. Uh, See, my cousin Mario is watching from Germany, and then we have uh, Annette watching from Hawaii. So and Matthew from Wisconsin. That's your mom. Your mom in Hawaii, and you're in Iowa. Yeah, that's not fair. It's a long story. (laughs) It's a long story. But what I'm saying is, um, you gotta keep yourself accountable to somebody. And that will prevent you because humans are humans. Sin is sin. Uh, our nature, we as human, we are, pro, you know, easily, we can easily get tempted and fall. Mm-hmm. So that's why it is very important to have some accountability. And the CCA, the Christian Comedy Association, is there for those comedians who need, who need that. Take advantage of that because, you know, uh, you need that. And, 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 and my, I mean, I'm praying for John Christ. Uh, I met him a couple times. I'm, I'm praying for him. But what I'm, what I also want to talk to is pastors of mega churches who really, and I'm not talking about John Christ, but other, they always put these people up on their pulpits without praying, without mm-hmm. checking out, like, where is this guy? Because I got to tell you, Josh, as a young comic, you are a young comic. You know what? In our career, it takes one, incidents to to ruin years and years oh yeah of building a career yeah of building a ministry well especially in christian well in christianity yeah in our in our, in our world once you lose the trust it's of over the audience it takes a long time to get that trust back i hope you can nowadays it's yeah. hard and and it's hard so so what I'm saying is I'm, I'm, I'm saying all this to let people who are listening, who are in traveling, sales peer, uh, people, uh, artists, uh, people who are always on the road or uh, away from 
their family or from their immediate friends. You know what? Find a way to stay accountable. Mm-hmm. Find a way. Find people who care enough about you that will check on you and make sure everything is going on. Be in the Word every day because that's in the Word of God because that's really keep you from temptation. So I wanted to say that. So first time you came to the CCA, the Christian Comedy Association, twenty fourteen. Where did we have it then? That was yeah. That was uh, no Atlanta. Atlanta. And he, oh, you want? Oh, I I know. I've told you the story, but obviously you're, you're I forgot it. So okay, here's a great story for you. Uh, my first year, I think it was two. I think it was two thousand fourteen, maybe two thousand fifteen. Uh, you did a breakout session on how to be more bookable and on like and doing a process of how to book things. Mm-hmm. And that was the big it's always the first weekend of June, right? right? And I had just stepped in. I was doing comedy part-time and there was come some of the things in my life um and an opportunity arose at that same time and I so what I did was uh you did this this thing you said here's the nine steps to to booking shows and I took I wrote down everything you said I went home and I just did. I said, "Well, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try." I, said, I saw. I, I went step one, two, three, four. You know, I just went down the list. And by the end of July, a month and a half later, I was I was full time booked as a comic. So it worked. Yeah, good. <laughs> I hope other comedians will listen to you. <laughs> but uh, but so that's that's what this that's one of the things that CCA gives. It's not not that you're gonna get booked because if you 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 have to one do the work and two be funny and three. Uh, be funny and uh but the one of the things that cca has given me is you know people like you that that pour into your life and nobody else i don't know any other organization out there has guys that have been doing it for what 30 years 30 years yeah you know some people in in the cca have been doing it for 40 or 50 years nobody else has that where guys will come in and freely give you information on how to improve your comedy and how to improve your life uh, and just they just give it to you, and they say, "Do you, if you have any questions, here's my number. Call me." And then with the expectation that in a couple of years you'll do the same for somebody else. Right, and that's the goal. It's you know we keep helping one another, and that's one. That's why I wanted to bring that up. And uh, but uh, back to being a veteran. Oh yeah, sorry. I, no, no, no. I'm the one who <laughs> took geared you out of it. But uh, how how being do you feel appreciated? I I have this weird thing about with uh with the with Veterans Day and being thanked for my service. Um because I I'm trying to write a joke about it, but it's not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, you know that you know you're like, I have a good idea, but it's not it's not there's throw no it at me. I yeah. might throw oh, yeah, it yeah. help you out. Well, cause yeah. so here's here's my thing. It's like I, I personally think that the only people that should be I mean, we all right. Except for Veterans Day, I'll take I'll take a free Applebee's steak any any day. Of the year. All right, um, but but normally when somebody thinks you for your service, you go, ah, fine, whatever, you know, because it's weird. You, it'd be like, hey, hey Nazareth, you remember twenty years ago when you uh, helped a lady cross the street? Thanks. Like, oh, what? I, okay. Yeah, but that's different. They, you know, uh, uh, I I told you I'm preparing uh, something for the military, and there's an old joke that we always use. I mean, we don't use it, but it's funny. It's like this chicken and uh, and pig are walking uh, across, and they see a dentist sign that says ham and cheese, and they were, like, so proud. You know, the chicken said, look, I mean, look at us. We did something for humanity, and he goes, yeah, for you, it's a contribution, the eggs, mm-hmm. but for me, it's a total commitment. Oh, yeah. He had to die. To be able to provide the ham, uh, so the the thing goes like uh, the reason uh, normal people, you know, because people who are patriotic and love this country, they're contributors. We contribute, mm-hmm. we help. I go do events for them. I appreciate them. We do, we do. Hey, we uh, we appreciate it. We do the things. That's contribution uh, out of uh, convenience sometimes, mm-hmm. but uh, total commitment is to go and to. To go to Iraq and spend years in a in a in a war zone where mm-hmm. you got shot, you got sharp nail in here. It, mentally, it affects you. You've seen you've seen young men who did total commitments and they they got killed. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the difference. That's the appreciation. So, and I, I hate to interrupt. So so for me, those are the people that I want to think. Like that's who I think about when I think about service. I think about the the men and women 
that I watched die, or the people that came before us and, and did this. So, but you, you went and you didn't know you could have died. I could but have. B- when you made the decision, you, it was a total commitment for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna go, but if there's a, if they're gonna kill me, I'm gonna leave. No, you went there with the fact, with the knowledge that yeah, yeah. you might die there. Yeah, but I think so. Just for me. With the only people that I personally think for service are active duty military, mm. police, firefighters, and Taco Bell workers. And that's Taco Bell workers. I, if you're a Taco Bell <laughs> worker, I want to say thank, thank you. Thank you for, for everything you've given us. <laughs> but thank you, I mean, thank you for your service. Taco Bell. 1 a.m. on a Saturday. That family pack yeah. <laughs> has done more damage for my health. For my family, <laughs> for not for the budget because it's a, it's really a good deal. But it's there was thank you. To, how did we get into tacos? I'm t- I was <laughs> thank the military. Well, you're a veteran. You're the one who brought it, so we're not yeah, making yeah, light yeah. of anybody. But it's just amazing how um, what do you call it? that's the appreciation we like to show. Not just mm-hmm. today, every day of the year. You know, whenever I see a soldier. Because, you know, now you can get on the plane before me, even though I have all this elite uh, flying. Oh, and see, uh, so the thing is, that I don't even do, I don't do, well, I, I don't take advantage of those things because I feel that. You should. I, I try. Know. I'm not even. In, <laughs> you know, it's funny for me because with my accent, when I tell people, hey, thank you for your service to our country. And he goes, oh, what country are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean? Where were you? So that's uh, that's my thing. Uh, so how is life now? You're full time comedian, full time comic in L.A. In Los, yeah, in L.A. Um, I moved here almost two years ago now. Mm-hmm. And like, why did you move here? Uh, well, I'm going to give you a uh, just, just. I know you don't believe this. I mean, you may not believe this, but Des Moines, Iowa, is not the hub of entertainment you think it is. It's not. I know. No, I don't believe this. Yeah. I think, you know what, because to me it was like, okay, once I establish myself in L.A., yeah, I'm going to go to... Then you go to Des Moines. Des Moines. I don't want to go when I'm not ready because you don't want to be seen <laughs> yeah, in Des Moines. Moines. <laughs> <laughs> Period. <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> I'm sorry, no. No, Des Moines is Des Moines, you know what I mean? But uh, also, it wasn't the hub of entertainment. Yeah, yeah. And, you so, know, um, you it, could not be discovered in Des Moines. Be, I, did, I did as much as I could possibly You can be discovered dead under yeah, 15 yeah, yeah, foot of snow. That's exactly. Like what happened? <laughs> That's the what happened to him. He was discovered, we discovered under him. fifteen feet of snow. <laughs> okay, I'm local, sorry. I'm local sure. comedian discovered. <laughs> da, da, da. Under, under under snow. You should use that. That's yeah, yeah. funny. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so uh, so yeah, that, that that that's really it, you know. You, but weren't you in Gainesville, Florida? When I you start, so I started in Gainesville, Florida, uh-huh. and then uh, that's where I started. And then uh, I wanted to move back and be closer to family, uh, so I, I moved back up to the, where the cold snow was, and I lived there for a few years, do, like continuing on my comedy um, stuff. And then from there, then I, I knew it was kind of time. I had, you, I, I'm sure you've t- talked to other comics, and I'm not sure. Have you? How long have you lived in in Los Angeles? Me, thirty five years now oh, okay. in so you didn't, California. Yeah. All right. So I know other comics where you know you come from either a smaller city uh-huh. or or and you have the idea, you have the the option of do I want to move to New York or L.A. or do I want to move to a slightly larger city that has a, a bigger comedy scene and then kind of work my way up. Yeah. But then me, I'm in my thirties. Uh, oh. oh, okay. <laughs> so, we didn't uh, yeah. uh, but I knew you know you, you know that you're running out of a lot of the time. So you know the idea is like all right, go go to L.A. and then my idea for coming to L.A. was I want to come get some things on my resume so I can move up to the headliner spot and and you know make the next you know twenty years of my career a little bit easier. Now you just did this big comedy channel thing dry bar i did yeah i know i did it uh yeah, you did it i did it last april and then they started airing it in october and i'm up one of my videos have half a million one two hundred sixty thousand and one is about seventy thousand but it's it did and then last week i had um i had comedian jeff allen on the show Ooh, and yeah. and he just boom in the millions but it, you know so it did it's helping so tell me about that about dry bar uh, yeah, it's what 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 an opportunity for you know 
clean comics or you know clean Christian comics or whoever you know to give us a, a platform where we're not going to get a platform otherwise. God, what what a what a blessing that it is. It uh, is. I know I got several shows right now from Dry Bar. Just yeah. people want actually I, uh, <laughs> today a guy just I'm sure from Dry Bar. He goes, I want to book you for my daughter's wedding. <laughs> and uh, and I don't like to do weddings anymore. I've done them. I still do them, but it has to be a perfect. So, and he goes, "How much do you want?" And his English is completely damaged. Mm-hmm. So I threw, a, you know, one of my largest numbers because I don't want to do it. Yeah. And if you pay me that, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Uh, it becomes uh, give me a reason to do it. So I gave him number. And he goes, "Yeah, that's fine." That's fine. We can do that. And I also, on his broken English, he said, but I want you to take care of the, the, the wedding planner. So why don't I, you charge my credit card f- for another amount, five, six thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and you pay that wedding planner cash. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So my wife Maha in the morning, I go, honey, I think this is fraud. Yeah, and, that sounds. And that sounds it right. sounds like fraud. Yeah. Before he even told me, and she goes, and she was so she's so smart, Ma Maha. She goes, you know what? She goes, why don't you call the the wedding place that he's giving you the address for? Mm-hmm. And she she called him. She goes, are you having a wedding on this day for this? They go, nope, we're not. So I knew, and then he he confirms it, and he sent me this like, oh, I will pay you whatever you want, but you can go pay cash for the thing, uh-huh. and I and yeah. automatically I send it to the government, you know, where said, they, yeah. the fraud. But you know, this happened to me a couple of years ago, and I paid a little bit. I mean, they wanted me in England, and it looked so real, and I say I have to pay a thousand for the visa, mm-hmm. and I paid a thousand for the visa in England. Yeah, and I didn't know it was in the government, so yeah. I called. Well, cause some of them are really—they're good. That's how they—they they, they make their money by you know stealing. But what happened? I have a couple fans, friends who are CIA and FBI agents. They took <laughs> care of it from there. I didn't get my money back, but I mean, but, but they mm. do that. That's one of the things I got from there. But I got four or five shows out of it. So yeah. tell me about it. Tell your experience and what do you want people to do? Uh, well, I well it's. It's it's in the process of being edited right now. It should be finished soon, and then I'm not sure. It's going to come out at the end of December or early January, from what I understand. Um, and I want people to watch it. Uh, just watch it, share it. You, know, you get you see those clips. You know, send them out. That's because you know that you know for us the biggest thing isn't you know the it's the 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 fan base or the the, the exposure that we get from that is is huge because I I can name four or five comics that have gotten gigantic things from their dry bar and I mean like life changing you know career making things that they got from doing the dry bar and from things going viral so right. for, for us that's the biggest thing is trying to get right. just trying to get that out there um, I've already same thing I already booked a show from my driver. A lady was in the audience and then she booked me for a corporate for in January. And that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. You know, and I was, uh, you know, you have to remember, you know, whatever, there's no one event, one incident oh, that not, will yeah. make or break your career. It will help a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what do you tell a mom who has an 18 year old son or daughter mm-hmm. who wants to join the military uh, as um, a veteran? What do you tell? What do you say to them? Um, I think so. I I personally I love the military and I think that it's a great thing for kids to do. Uh, it's gonna make them grow up a lot quicker than their peers will, uh, especially if they in and nowadays they can go in, especially if they they can go into any military service, and by the time they get out in three or four years, they can have a degree. So and it's going to be paid for already, and then they can use the GI Bill to pay for their master's degree or their PhD or whatever like that, and they'll be that much farther along in in life. Right. And not only that, but they'll be that much more mature. They'll be that much better with with you know normal things of how to how to deal with life. They'll have a lot more experience, and they'll come out as a usually as a better person. Some not not always, but um, I I. The, the big thing with when you have a kid that wants to go in the military is figuring out what's best for that kid and which branch of service is going to best fulfill their needs mm-hmm. in the long term, not just the short term. Because, you know, a lot of 
kids will go in and they want to do this, they want to do that because it's cool, but really what they're they're not setting themselves up for for success in the future because they're not picking the right job for them one or they're not picking a job that's going to give them any kind of skills so that in 3 or 4 years when they get out they have any kind of marketable thing to go get a job right. afterwards. That's awesome. And uh do you have anything an encouraging story you can share with our listeners? Um Yeah, you know, I I know I, I talked about uh getting uh you know, getting saved and I tell you, you know, uh, when I was so this is in in Florida, right? You know, cuz yeah, in Gainesville, Florida, I got I got saved and then uh and then I want to get baptized. And so at in the church they had just it was just a big horse trough of water, <laughs> you know. They just kind of dumped all the stuff in there. And it's Florida, so it, the AC's on all the time. So they go to put me in and and the um the water is freezing cold it's so it's so cold and so they put i go in and they they dunk me and i come out and i go and they're like he's got the tongues and i was like it's hypothermia that's that's funny um did you stay in touch with your mother when you were in uh in iraq oh of course yeah and how did she feel when you were gone i'm sure she was worried She'll tell you that. Oh, she might She might be on there. Is she on the phone? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have, uh, wow, uh, most of the people are family here, with, and there's a lot of friends and fans. But yeah. That's funny. Yeah, um, if she's listening, Annette is your mom. Yeah, Annette's my mom. She lives in Hawaii. Um, uh, she lives by the beach, and she, oh, she must hate it there. She just must. I think if you're in Hawaii, you live by the beach. It <laughs> doesn't matter where you're in Hawaii. <laughs> you're not far from the beach. You're not yeah. too far. Um, yeah, uh, well, yeah, I try, and I, I made sure, I've, I've always made a point to call my family, uh, you know, every week, at least. And you can, they give you, you get the opportunity. So, to. yeah, so back when I was there, we didn't have the cell phones that everybody has now. We didn't have all the, the all the, all that stuff. It was right. a little bit different. So we had to have, uh, you know, had those 18T, you know, those international calling cards. Yes. And then, and then, but the thing is what we all, we all figured out was you, if you, you can call a certain number in the United States and then you can use that number to call somewhere else and then you can use that number to call somewhere else and then you don't get charged the international num- rates. Oh. And so I was like this really? whole, yeah, yeah. They don't, doesn't the military have like one content? No. Oh, no, no. It's, uh, uh, it's, uh, I don't, I'm not going to get political, but, uh, a lot of people make a lot of money off of war. Ah. And a lot of that money comes straight from the out of the soldiers' pockets to for huh. communications and and stuff for the family. Interesting, I mean, uh, but still, it's the greatest military. Absolutely. And, uh, so uh, you know, as first of all, I want to say thank you for your service to our country, the USA. And again, oh, I say you. when people, I say what. Like, well, I remember during the Iraq war, I wore a shirt that said, support our troops, and people go, which troops did you have in mind again? <laughs> so thank you for what you do. I know maybe it doesn't mean a lot to you, but it means a lot to us. Because it, really it, does, it really does mean a, a lot commitment. to me. I just I always joke about it. And it's Veterans it's Day. I have, you so, you got to say it. Yeah. And uh, where can people call and book you for their uh, corporate or their church? Uh, absolutely. So you can what go. website? Uh, so you can go my Facebook. Everything everything I have is at Josh Novi, J-O-S-H-N-O-V-E-Y. Facebook, Instagram, um, you can go to at joshnovi.com. That's my website. You can book me through there. Um, and also, I, can, I, can, I, can I plug my new podcast coming Please. out? Please. Okay, so I have a new podcast coming out. And brand new. I just We're just announcing it right now. This is the first, That's good. First, Thank you. First public <laughs> announcement. Thank this you. My... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, no. called, it's called Off the Crust, a pie cast. And it's, it's, we're just, it's like this. We sit around and we talk, except for there's a pie in between us. And that's, that's the whole concept of the show. It's a lot of fun. We eat pie. Yeah, we eat pie. Okay, so, I'd like to be on your show. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we're going to work. Depending on what kind, a banana cream pie is it's, what I. That's the thing is that you get to you get to choose whatever pie you want, and I bring I bring the pie. You bring the pie. I bring whatever pie you want. See, I'm sorry I didn't offer you anything here with just water, but. Um, uh, you know, in closing, I want to thank you so much for being with us, and I want to thank the listeners. I know after I say this, a, if you're still on Facebook, we're going to play four minutes of Josh Novi's comedy to enjoy. 
it won't be on YouTube, but it will be on Facebook. So if you keep watching when I, even though I'm closing right now, don't hang up, uh, don't shut it off. Keep watching. We have four minutes of Josh Novi, very funny guy. But I'll tell you what, if you, uh, I, I see some new people. I see my cousin who I haven't seen since my wedding day is watching, uh, Wafa, uh, and then my wife and family and everybody, Mario from Germany and your mom from Hawaii and others, and Matthew from Wisconsin. But I want to thank you all. If you don't subscribe to the podcast, please do. It's on iTunes and all these, you know, sources of uh, laughter for all podcast. Uh, keep me in prayer. In two weeks, I'm going to be uh, with our military in uh, Georgia, Columbus, Georgia, and also... Uh, just uh, thank you, laughter for all. Uh, you know we we are planning next year's events, large events all over the state of California. To so keep that in prayer, that God would lead us to to find the right places to do our large events. And we had great success this year, and we're hoping for the same thing. We're praying for the same thing next year. If you don't follow me on social media, shame on you. Shame on you. How dare you not to do that? Come on. What else can I? We're doing all this free stuff for you guys. Uh, it's Comedian Nazareth on Facebook, on Instagram. And, and if you're on Twitter, it's Nazman, N-A-Z-Z-M-A-N. And uh, my website, Nazareth USA, you can follow. Yeah, you know, just just follow, just like, and just subscribe to the podcast. And uh, thank you so much. I want you to know laughter is good for you. It's excellent, actually, for you. It makes your facial muscles stretch and uh, work. Otherwise, you're going to look old and ugly. Uh, love you. Thank you. And let's close with watching Josh Navi. Thank you. There we go. All right. So uh, I always wanted to be a, a worship leader growing up in church. Uh, my dad was a preacher. I was a preacher's kid. People are really surprised by that because I was like, Josh, we didn't see you in church. I was like, yeah, I was vandalizing your car uh, <laughs> didn't have time to do that <laughs> I go to a lot of churches right like I was at a church recently in Florida I was at a Pentecostal church and I'll never forget I was, I was doing my set and this lady in the middle of the pews she stands up and she just goes you ain't funny white boy get off that stage <laughs> I was like, Mom! <laughs> I do go to a lot of churches. I was at a church in Tulsa recently. And here's one thing. I think that if your voice sounds very different from what you look like, you need to give me a warning. <laughs> this worship leader comes out. He looks, he looks like a fat Michael Jordan, okay? He's like six foot six. Black. He comes out and he just goes... Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Have you ever been the only person laughing in a church? <laughs> you gotta, <laughs> you gotta throw some shamalama ding dongs in there. <laughs> so everybody's like, oh, he's just got the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I like Pentecostal. My favorite Pentecostal church is in, uh, it's in Minnesota. Oh, you ever heard Minnesotans speaking tongues? Oh, Heavenly Father, Shamalama Ding Dong, don't you know? Oh, up here in the Great White. Oh, we were ice fishing, Lord, don't you know? There it is. You know, like it's. That's the best. <laughs> so my dad was a pastor and he was the worship leader. And he liked to sneak songs in there every once in a while, you know? He liked to be like, all right, guys, we're going to talk about not being ashamed of the gospel. Alright with me, Jesus just alright, oh yeah. What friend we have, Jesus just alright with me, Jesus just alright, oh yeah. And I was like, that's, I mean, sort of the Doobie Brothers in there, isn't it? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes he, like, he didn't even care though. You know, like, he would just sing the songs he wanted to sing anyways, and he'd be like, alright guys. Pull out your hymnals. To 
Latin Baton Rouge Ready for the train Feeling nearly faded as my jeans It was like, that's just about two homeless people in a truck I don't even think it has anything to do with Jesus My favorite though was when he like he he finally figured out how to sneak songs in to uh, to the to the sermons, you know. He'd be like, "All right, guys, we're gonna talk about the nativity story, All right? Just go ahead and try to keep along." Pulled into Nazareth, was feeling about a half past eight. Just need a place where I play my hay. It was like. I mean, it says Nazareth in it, but <laughs> pretty sure it's about drugs. <laughs> Welcome to Laughter for All. It's the podcast with comedian Nazareth. 